Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm privileged to welcome a very, very senior advertising and marketing guru, Lulu Raghavan. Lulu, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. It's a real pleasure to be on your show. Thank you so much. Lulu is the Managing Director of Landor & Fitch. She has over two decades of experience in brand strategy. She's been involved with various social initiatives like the Landor & Fitch Green Team, the Stella Mentor Council, the Sanjeevni Life After Cancer Advisory Board, and many others. So Lulu, let's talk about Landor & Fitch first. As a person who spent over two decades building brands, my first question to you is what goes into building a successful brand? What a fabulous question, Ashutosh. Building a successful brand is no mean feat. It takes clarity, focus, energy, resilience, and perseverance. Mm -hmm. So it's not a destination, it's a journey. It's something that you do every day. So actually brand is not a noun, it's a verb. Correct. If you look at brand asset valuator data, I don't know if you're familiar Ashutosh with BAB, it's mm -hmm. the world's largest analytics platform for brands. Okay. All of the theory and the research into how consumers perceive brands shows that there are four key pillars of how brands are built. Mm -hmm. Brands first establish differentiation. Mm -hmm. So creating something that's truly unique. Yeah. Today we ask ourselves, why does an airline, a new airline need to exist? Yeah. Why does this new beauty brand need to be there? Right? Why does the world need yet another advertising agency, for mm. example. So the differentiation is very, very critical, mm. which comes from great human insight and marrying that with what you provide, which is very different. Mm. Then brands build relevance, mm -hmm. which is truly meeting consumer needs and growing your footprint. Yeah. From there, you start to build esteem, which is how your consumers actually view you. Mm -hmm. And then eventually knowledge is important because for any brand, it's about visibility. So differentiation, relevance, esteem, and knowledge, and increasingly momentum is important. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing yeah. to be fresh, to be innovative, to be really working on enhancing perceptions of your brand? And so if you're an agile organization that's doing a lot, you're creating momentum for your brand. What a great response. Thank you. And you know, one of the things continuing from what these five points you've just given me, uh, I've often also, you know, seen that brands are living beings. You know, you've got to keep investing in them over and over again. What is it that makes some brands stay relevant for a long time and some die out so quickly? You know, we can actually think about Charles Darwin and look at humanity. Yeah. I love the concept of survival of the fittest. Mm -hmm. And if we look at who are the kinds of people that survive, mm -hmm. it's those who have adapted and changed with the environment, with feedback. So the same is true for brands as well. Do they have that inbuilt ability to adapt, to change, not to be stuck in the past, mm -hmm. 
yes, of course, origin story and where you come from and your roots are important, but how are you constantly evolving? Mm -hmm. I also love the concept of anti-fragility, mm -hmm. which is that resilience to overcome all odds. So a sure. combination of adaptability, constantly evolving and mm -hmm. anti-fragility, I think can give brands a long-term view and lots of opportunities for growth in the future. Fascinating. So, you know, as I look back at my life and I look at some of the brands that I've been associated in launching, including an iconic brand like Sundrop Oil, you know, uh, it was 13 column spreadsheets. It was work sitting and working in, in, in the in boardrooms with the advertising agencies, but now everything is going digital. So my question to you, Lily, Lulu, is that uh, how can brands stay relevant in the digital world? Fascinating question, because digital in some ways, Ashutosh has made brand building much easier, mm -hmm. but it's also made it much harder. Mm. So if you think about easier, you don't need that much money to launch a brand. Correct. The media you can control, your own direct-to-consumer website, all of the social media channels. If you get your proposition right, you tell your story well, the reach will take care of itself through word of mouth online. Mm. The down part of the digital ecosystem is you can't hide. Correct. Right, you can't hide behind anything. Let's assume sun drop oil was manufactured with unethical processes or the kind of ingredients that went into it wasn't quite what the consumer is looking for. 20 years ago, all of that could be hidden and you could still have a beautiful story and beautiful advertising, but you can no longer do that. So as a brand manager, you wake up every morning with a little bit of a tension in your stomach and you're thinking, oh my God, what's going to happen today? Because any action, by the business or the brand can either enhance perceptions or it could destroy all of the trust and reputation that you've built. So it's a tricky one. Mm. And you have to be super intentional about doing good, doing the right thing, because when you make mistakes, you need to have the trust in the bank that you can really count upon. Fascinating. And you know, when we talk digital, uh, we also automatically come in touch with a lot of social media. And, you know, it takes me back to that old line of uh, Gilby, we only 50% of advertising works, nobody knows which 50%. With social media, uh, nobody seems to understand how in those nanoseconds am I going to be able to communicate my brand proposition? What is your thought on how is social media impacting brands? It's impacting it hugely because the younger generation is on there all of the time and they're picking up their cues on what is acceptable behavior, the cultural context, and they're picking this up from everywhere in the world. So in a sense, there are no boundaries mm. anymore. There are influencers who are shaping behavior. It's very easy to be trolled on social media as well. So I think it's exacerbating some of the issues. Mm -hmm. And unless you're really authentic and true to what you stand for, mm -hmm. your promise and delivery have to really match up. Otherwise you're in for trouble. Okay. Uh, there are just too many people out there waiting to shoot you down. 
well said well said and another development that has happened in the last 7 8 years are all these e-commerce platforms you know uh, the big big guys are there the smaller guys are there and every brand is now struggling to get their share of mind space which they've always done but now on e-commerce platforms there's this big daddy sitting there determining a lot of factors so my question to you is how are e-commerce companies beginning to impact the traditional formats of retail and uh, the fmcg brands they're making a huge impact mm-hmm. i mean if we just think about how we interact with amazon and flipkart they have brought in so much choice at the same time there's comfort there's convenience all just a click away so they've mm-hmm. really changed our paradigm of shopping yeah the other advantage that they have ashutosh is that they have first party data they have a direct relationship with me the consumer mm-hmm. they can be very targeted in how they communicate with me the kind of offers they give me the recommendations that they serve up so it's a very curated personalized shopping experience which i won't get if i go into a big bazaar true so i think they're changing the game of course the traditional players mm. are responding by either snapping up d2c brands or thinking of platforms that they can be on but certainly it's good news for the consumer all around okay and a related question to you uh, is the change of the paradigm because of the pandemic most of us are now sitting at home working from home and uh, surfing the net looking at all these big platforms and ordering mm-hmm. yeah so what is uh, a brand manager supposed to be doing when i as a consumer is just looking at a product based on one small screen and taking a decision how 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 does a brand manager change their own strategy you know as we're talking i'm realizing that brand management is not as easy as it was before <laughs> it isn't absolutely right it was such a plum career it was so sexy and all of that but now i think there's just so much more to do ashutosh i think it comes down to mindset a mindset of curiosity openness a growth mindset to borrow from carol dweck's theory and book brand managers need to have a growth mindset they need to be curious about how we all as consumers are changing in their categories and for their brands what behaviors have changed temporarily what are those that may be permanently changing and what does that mean for their brand and their business so the ability to step back to really look at what's happening and maybe question even why your brand exists mm-hmm. does it need to change its reason for existence does the value proposition need to change do the tonality of the communication need to change you have to evaluate your brand through the lens of the consumer mindset and it starts with observation understanding feedback going into the market whether it's focus groups online or however else really speaking to the consumer and getting into their shoes it's very basic but not many people do it Mm, very interesting and my last question to you relating to uh, brand strategy and landro before i move to the next segment is that over the years i have seen a huge amount of reliance on analytics 
and this is getting more and more complex. My question to you is that how have you seen the change in brand, uh, brand building or brand strategy using analytics? Fabulous question again. Analytics can play a really valuable role at every step of the way. Hmm. Up front, I was talking to you about BAV. So through BAV, we can really understand a brand's perception vis-a-vis -vis competitors and a broader landscape of brands, right? Hmm. So BAV tells us scores on differentiation, relevance, esteem, and knowledge over time. So it's hmm. really understanding where the brand is on its journey when you're starting to work on a brand. Once you develop brand concepts, and you know we work with large companies on large mandates, mm -hmm. insights and analytics and methodologies around that can help you reduce risk. Mm -hmm. You know, you do so much rigorous analysis when you're investing in a project, you look at ROI, et cetera, but do we apply that same level of scrutiny to our brand decisions? Or is it something that the CEO decides on or it's based on the vanity of the founder's wife. Mm -hmm. We are seeing that change, Ashutosh, where companies are willing to invest in the data and intelligence that's required to truly understand the impact of big brand decisions mm -hmm. on not just consumer and stakeholder behavior, but actually how that impacts business metrics. Okay. So connecting brands to business much more strongly Mm -hmm. is a very, very clear trend that we're seeing. We have a thriving insights and analytics practice, mm -hmm. and we're seeing more and more clients interested in it. Of course, there are costs involved, oh. but people understand that when it comes to brand, your most important intangible asset on the balance sheet, we shouldn't be making decisions based on opinion, but on fact. Well said. So let's move to the next part of our conversation, which is on personal branding. And when I was reading about you, I was fascinated to learn, see that, you know, you help people in personal branding and thought leadership. So my first question to you for our viewers and listeners is what is personal branding? To me, personal branding is being very intentional okay. about how you want to be remembered. It could be just remembered in your family and your community in your professional circles or the world at large. So it's being intentional about how you want to be remembered, the legacy that you leave behind. Mm. And in fact, Tom Peters was the first one in the eighties who advocated this concept when he started talking about brand you. And I was always a Tom Peters fan mm. and over the years have followed him, but it's only the last five years that I started realizing that there's so much to be gained from personal branding that I wanted to evangelize that for others. Very interesting. And why do you think it is important to invest in one's own brand? Really Other than depends. the legacy, of course. Yes, it really depends on mm -hmm. the scale of your ambitions. Mm -hmm. How okay. hungry are you for new opportunities? It's not just about name and fame, mm -hmm. right? How do you get an opportunity to be on TV or to, to talk at a conference mm. or to write a book, mm. could be anything. If you have a personal brand, which helps you stand out and stand for something in the minds of those that you wish to attract, it certainly is more helpful because there's a sea of sameness. Even if we think about young people who are applying to jobs, I get about 
20 resumes a day for designers, mm. but how the email is structured, the way the portfolio is curated, some bubble to the top and others just blend in the same sea of sameness because they're so bland. What a great response. And, you know, one of the things that I have often uh, heard from young people is that how do I manage the conflict of my company's brand, which is on my visiting card, with my personal brand? What should take priority? What are your thoughts? You have to recognize, Ashutosh, that as long as you're working for a company, there can be no conflict. You cannot do anything that will compromise the company's image or reputation. You don't have to blindly follow the same position that your company has, but you can't do anything that will compromise. And so the guiding principle is anything that you do related to your personal brand, your company should be proud of. Right. So, for example, Shomonto, who's a real star in advertising, he has something called the English nut. Mm -hmm. And he talks about the oddities in English language and he has shows around that. It actually reinforces his position as a creative at Ogilvy. Mm -hmm. 82.5 now. Mm -hmm. Right. I may be doing personal branding, but it's at no ways at odds with what Lando and Fitch stands for, which is brand transformation. Mm -hmm. I talk about personal brand transformation, leveraging the tools of personal branding. Mm -hmm. Now, if I were doing, you know, some ranchy comedy mm -hmm. on the side, even if I were building my brand on that, it's that, not yeah. quite kosher with a big large corporation that you're representing so if you've made a choice to have a job mm. you must respect that and anything that you do your company should be proud of and should promote well said and uh, my next question and i've again been asked this question by several people that is a behavioral change in me necessary as a precursor to building my personal brand Again, fantastic question. It requires folks to understand that personal branding is not about standing on a podium and screaming, hey, here's me, here's me. It's really about bringing out the authentic elements of you that create an advantage. It's about serving others in a way that only you uniquely can. So it's really critical that you go inside before you go outside. And so I talk about the three acts of personal branding, Ashitosh. Yeah. So define, design, and deliver. Mm -hmm. People don't spend enough time on definition, the strategic mm -hmm. perspective. What do yeah. I want to stand for? And mm -hmm. here, I really like the Johari window yeah. from psychology because yeah. it is a great way in which you can recognize your advantages, the things that you're good at, which you may not know, but also be aware of your blind spots. Mm. And if you do it sincerely, it's a great way of really honing in on the special difference that's you, Ashitosh, which you can then amplify mm. on social media or the way you dress and all of the other touch points of building brand you. Mm. But it's really go in before you go out. Well said, well said. So now I'm going to move to the last segment of our conversation and our guests love and our viewers and listeners love to get to know our guests so i have a few questions for you personally 
Sure. So, uh, Lulu, for someone who's achieved so much in the corporate world, what are some of the core values you believe in? My philosophy is to live each day as though it were your last. Terrific. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite authors, Todd Henry, wrote a book by the name Die Empty. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're not waiting to write that book or waiting to make that speech mm. or be a poet or be an artist. You're spending each day very intentionally, mm. right? So how you spend your day is how you spend your life. So mm. my core values are being super disciplined about my day. And it's about holistic performance. So it's physical, I take care of my body, it's mental, doing things to really keep my mind fresh, active and healthy. It's spiritual, soulful. So it's a combination of all of that, which I believe can lead to high performance. And of course, I'm a huge believer in integrity, in hard work, in people first. I think we've spent too much time on self-importance as a leader. And maybe I realize this a bit later in life. Mm -hmm. Really putting other people first Mm -hmm. is super, super important. Wonderful. And a follow-up question to that is, as you look back at all, you know, your successes, and as you look forward and all the things you will do, what does success mean to Lulu? To Lulu, success means helping others rise. If I were to die today Mm. and people went on Twitter or Instagram to say things about me, Mm. I hope they will be sharing stories of something I shared with them, an intervention, either short or long that I had, which truly made an impact and a difference to their lives. Then I would say that I had lived a successful life. Wonderful. So I have time for two more questions for you. Uh, My next question uh, is on failure. And I've often said that uh, parents in in India or Asia don't teach children, and that includes me, um, it's okay to fail. We're always told come first in life, you know, class and go to the head of the line, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that manifests itself in our behavior patterns. Yet we fail. My question to you, is what have been some of your learnings from some of your mistakes? I would say the biggest learning, Ashitosh, is leave the ego at the door. Mm. Anytime I've had trouble in client relationships or internal relationships, or I felt bad that I didn't get something that I wanted, I could possibly trace it back to being more arrogant than I should have in a Mm -hmm. situation or thinking that I had the power. There's no opportunity for that. You have to be super humble, super grounded and put the other person's interests beyond yours. Mm -hmm. I think if you do that in any situation, you can find a win-win, but it really requires you to leave the ego at the door. Fascinating. And my last question to you, and this for the thousands of people who will listen to our conversation, as someone who is right at the top of your organization, what would your advice be to a young individual who are starting off on her or his journey in the corporate world? 
Wow, I really wish I could be starting out again and <laughs> I have agree, the benefit, <laughs> benefit of, you know, the advice. Yeah. Be a learner for life. Okay. It's a mindset, right? The growth mindset, constantly learn. And recently, I loved what Sanjeev Mehta, the chairman of yeah. HUL said, mm -hmm. which is about humbition, mm -hmm. humility, and ambition. So yes, you are ambitious, you have goals, you want to achieve so much, but never forget your roots, your humility, respect, kindness. I think sometimes in that hunger for growth and success, we leave that humility, respect for others, and just kindness in our approach mm. out. I think if we keep that in mind, anything is possible and learn, constantly learn, have a learning schedule where you spend time every day intentionally feeding stimulus to your mind and then also take time to reflect. You know, in my early days, I was always a reader, always hungry for information, mm -hmm. but too hungry to read and to absorb and didn't pay enough time to reflect mm -hmm. at all. So now I've started at the end of the day, actually writing out what I learned from either articles or podcasts or interactions with people. I think reflection. So if I had to boil it down to one thing, reflect, journal, keep a track of your journey. That wow. will be more valuable to you than anything else. Wow. Dulu, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for the amazing points you gave, you know, on, on brands, differentiation, relevance, esteem, knowledge, momentum. I mean, these are really amazing thoughts that you've given us. Thank you again for everything that you've shared and good luck. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You videocast and podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.